if you buy the property with $100,000 of existing cash flow, for example, and it's, let's just add a zero and it's worth at least a million dollars and you've lent 700,000, you're safe because that $100,000 in cash flow is going to be consistent no matter what the market is. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey everyone, welcome to Big Fat Real Estate Checks, where we are going to be discussing how you can increase your wealth using skills, not money. And I am Marco Kozlowski. I'm joined with Gabriela Raish and Francesco Galluccio. And we are going to be discussing today a little bit, something that springboards on what we just did on the last episode, which is A, market shifts, B, which side of the coin you want to be on. Do you want to be in the uh, buying side right now? Or if you have cash and you just don't want to necessarily develop the skills to find assets at tremendous discounts, what do you do with that cash in order to make it grow? Which goes into this episode before the last episode, which is retirement. What If you do have some capital, how can you increase your nest egg in order to really have more money than you'll ever need to retire? And if you want to blow it, blow it, blow it, and just live high on the hog, you still have plenty of cash left over because you have really grown your money significantly during in the past if you're retired, in the future if it's now. Hopefully that makes sense. So we'll have this candid discussion. And let's, again, if you've not listened to the first 10 episodes, that explains how we use tap into asset-based lending, which is kind of the topic we're going to be discussing today is how to be an asset-based lender, uh, at least the brushstrokes of it. This is definitely not a class and full disclosure, you definitely need, you want to talk to an attorney. We're not giving you any financial advice or any legal advice for sure. Definitely consult with uh, the powers that be that you trust to do any of the things that we're discussing. The last thing I want you to do is do something thinking that you know exactly what to do and then you get hurt. Uh, this is not the point of this conversation. It's more for education purposes and we definitely want to help you learn how to grow your money at significant interest rates no matter what happens, whether the person that you're doing business with actually does what they say they're going to do, or if they don't say what they're going to do, what they say they're going to do, you actually end up making more money, which is one of the reasons we also started our own private equity fund for that very reason, because we win or win big no matter what happens. So whew, that was a long introduction. Gabe, yes. would you like to start sure. since Frank started yeah. last time? So if you've listened to the last episode, we discussed the market shift and how lending is pretty much, it's at an all-time high for banks. The money's cheap. A lot of people are borrowing money at, uh, you know, one, 2%. And that's great, but that's if you're borrowing from an institution. So I just want to, I guess, make the parallel between financial institution and asset-based lenders. So the financial institutions are doing a lot of credit-based lending and they look at things like not only your credit score, but you know what assets you have, your debt ratios. So how much are your debt payments compared to your income? There's a lot of different scenarios that they have to look at and risk-based issues that they have to take into account before lending you money. So an asset-based lender is going to use the property as its only criteria. If the property makes sense and the cash flow is good and it makes sense to lend you money, they'll lend you money regardless of your credit score or your debt ratios. And this is why if you know individuals that have large portfolios, a lot of them use asset-based lenders, even though the interest rate is much higher than a regular lender, because there's no ratios, they're able to tack on more and more debt, even though they're backed by assets, but they're adding debt to their balance sheet. Whereas a bank won't allow you to do that. So once you're at, you know, four or five mortgages, significant size, they may say, you know, that's enough for you right now because you're too much of a risk for the bank. So asset-based lending is is very interesting because 
if you're on that side of the fence where you're the one who's lending the money against an asset, you can take advantage of these high interest rates. And it's not uncommon for us when we're using asset-based lending to pay 9, 10, 11, sometimes higher percent annually on money that we're borrowing. You know, a lot of the times these asset-based lenders, depending on property and how it's bought, they may limit you to 70, 80%. Maybe some of them will go to 90% of the value of your property. So I think this is an interesting topic given this the time period we're in right now where there's a lot of people looking for properties, a lot of people paying top dollar for property. And you know, in the last episode, we explained that maybe this wasn't necessarily the time to buy and hold if you're looking into multifamily just because of this fierce competition and people overpaying. So if you're into the buy and hold and you, and you like that, I guess that asset class, then we preached patience last time. And patience doesn't mean that your money just sleeps you know, you can use it, but why not lend, for example, as an additional strategy where while you're waiting for this shift to happen and these asset class to take a hit based on the foreclosures ending or at least the moratorium on foreclosures ending and the foreclosures starting and all the, I guess, the house of cards falling apart in the real estate industry, you can lend in the meantime and make a pretty decent return. And then you can pick and choose the assets that you want to lend against because those are going to be assets that you're comfortable ending up with should there be a default. So, sorry, Frank, just one thing. So what you're saying is, first of all, if you don't have any money, it's going to be hard for you to lend. So if you're listening to this and you're broke, then this is, you know, you can well listen to this for fun. You can use other people's money to lend. I was, this is so, so well, I'm not saying you should so, be. Whoa, whoa, I'm not saying whoa, you should, whoa, but you could. Whoa. Gabriel, you wrote a book about and, this, and, so I don't even know. And I could do it. Do, do you? Do you re- is it? It's not, compliant. You can uh, do it compliance-wise. Is it recommended? That's going to be based on your ability to take the risk. You got to be certain, but it's doable. Tabarnak. Uh, this is not something I want to get into right no, now. No, but, but I'm just saying it's right. possible. But this isn't uh, okay. what you should be doing. All right, so you're going to the loan shark, you're borrowing the money. No, you know, that's not what I'm saying. X percent, and then you're relending the money. Actually, that's not true. Whatever. I'm that's doing it now inadvertently. I'm using, I think we discussed this on the jam call uh, not too long ago. One of our jam calls that we have every Wednesday where, you know, we have students join myself and Gabe and people ask questions and we learn from one another trying to help solve those problems they have. But I do it as well. I'm a lender by default. I just lend to myself. Well, not to mm-hmm. myself. I lend to my company, U.S. entities. Mm-hmm. So I take the bank's money, not my money, guys. I take the bank's money because they're saying in the previous episode, they're giving me 1.15. They're giving me 2% on a line of credit. So they give me 2% on a line of credit. I take that and I'm very generous to myself, to my U.S. <laughs> entity, and I charge myself 11%. So I charge my entity. So Frank and my wife, Linda, will take the money from X bank, who I have a line of credit for, at 2%, right? And I'm going to lend it to ABC U.S. Corp. in the States at 11 so I make the spread on that. And it's usually a time-sensitive thing. It's a bridge. It's a one, two, three-year uh, loan on that. I want to just halt sort of that direction because not everyone has the ability to That's do right. that. So no, I no, I get that. But I just wanted to yeah. emphasize what Gabe was saying. It doesn't mean that you have, even if you don't have the money, that's just one strategy. If you do have lazy I, I, money, you can still do yes. that. Yes. So if you do have a line of credit, for example, at 1% or 2% and you were to lend at 10 or 11 then you're making the spread on that. Just make sure you know exactly what you're doing when you're making that investment to lend that you know exactly that you're going to get paid right. back. I know that Frank trusts Frank and Linda, Yes. right? So you trust yourself to be able to pay it back. And the reason, if someone's questioning why the hell would you do that, the answer is you get a tax deduction on the 11% and you have use of the money to be able to do something and there's a paper trail. So it's from a tax perspective, it makes a lot of sense. Exactly. 
I don't want to go down no. that rabbit hole right now because for those that are listening, you're rolling your heads up in the eye going, okay, this is, I can't do that shit. Next. Don't want to do that. So don't change the channel just yet. If, if you have access to money that's cheap and you want to lend out the money or you have money sitting in your account or your self-directed Roth IRA or self-directed RRSP or self-directed 401k or super fund if you're in Australia or whatever other fund that is in that you can self-direct legally to really lower taxes, lending is a very, very powerful strategy and tool and you can protect yourself from default, meaning that there's paperwork that you can put into place that actually you don't even need foreclosure. After default, you automatically get the property without going through foreclosure. And there are ways of doing that to really protect yourself from the legal court system that will drag on forever and cost tens of thousands of dollars in attorneys. And we've solved that many, many years ago. So if you have money that you want to place, and want to avoid the legal battles, I would rather have the assets. So if you're making fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year on the loan and the property's making $100,000 on the cash flow, if they default, you now get the cash flow of 100000 versus the fifty, sixty you were making on the actual loan and you get the equity difference. Now, what you were saying before, Gabe, you know, with, you know, 75, 80, 90%, there's no way on God's green earth as a, specifically as an asset-based lender, I would never lend that high. I agree. Right? You, I agree with you. A max of like 65, 70% absolute max on the loan total on the value. But of the some asset. do. And yeah. that was the message. Yes. Which is great because if you're lending at 85% and there's a market shift, you're basically exposed at a hundred. You're 100% going to lose. Especially money. now right. in this market, right? Because people are yes. paying a lot more than value. So even if you're lending 85, 90%, when the market shifts, I should say when the market shifts, yes. those values are going to come yeah. down. So even if you take back a property, maybe you're taking back a property that's going to be worth 10% less than the mortgage that you lent on it. It's a recipe to lose money for yeah. sure. So you want to be as conservative as possible. And generally 70% of the value of the actual cash flowing asset, not the value of the real estate itself is going to be a lot safer because the cash flow, if you buy the property with $100,000 of existing cash flow, for example, and it's, let's just add a zero and it's worth at least a million dollars and you've lent 700,000, you're safe because that $100,000 in cash flow is going to be consistent no matter what the market is doing, whether it's up, down, sideways, that $100,000 in cash flow is always going to be there. If you're buying it on the value of the real estate, which is subjective to whatever someone's willing to pay, right? My property is worth more than it was last month because the market's hotter, but as the market cools off, the value of the real estate will go down. So I prefer cash flow versus value of real estate. And that is a much safer investment if you, again, understand that you're not exposed to more than 70% of the actual value of the asset, not the overvalue, but the conservative value, you're going to be just fine and you can get a really good rate of return, whether defaulting or not defaulting. You know, if charging, for example, 8%, it's a lot more than you would normally be making if it was just sitting in your self-directed IRA decaying or, you know, getting an eighth of a percent or even actually negative percent if it's sitting in your bank account. And if you're borrowing the money at two and charging eight or nine or even 10, you know, depending on the size of the asset, the bigger the asset, the cheaper the money is going to be, but it's still more than you were making. And that cash flow is right. going to be the lowest that you're going to be making on this project, right? That's the worst. That's exactly. Correct. Other than lend it to myself. No, it is a good strategy. Listen, if you got lazy money, you're not going to go park it in a bank. I think in my last episode, I talked about my dad putting some money aside for his grandkids. 
And he came back to me. He goes, Ma, he goes, Ma, what's this? He goes, they only gave me $18. He thought it was getting 1.5%. It was actually 0.0015, whatever. That's like a fraction of a fraction of a percent. It's ridiculous. So you're not going to keep your money there. It's just going to rot. And I know a lot of people do have money in their pocket because they don't know which way to go. They had this money in the pocket. They did well. And you have this park, but they don't know how to lend. And yeah, I totally agree going after, you know, if you are going to start lending, obviously educate yourself, make sure you get lawyers involved, make sure you have the paper right, correct, because, you know, bad shit can happen. You can lose that. Like anything else, there's there's a risk to it. But there's a big reward on that where you can 100% pure passive income because you don't have to worry about managing the manager or that's where I think eventually people start off buying properties. They have cash flowing properties. They refi, they have all this money. They're sitting on this capital. Well, what do you do with it next? You can continue buying properties, I guess, but maybe you get to a point where you're like, ah, I don't want, I'm okay with the properties I have. I just want more passive income and just lend out and they're bridge loans. Most of these are going to be bridge loans. You don't have to keep it there for 25 years. They could be like five years, three years, six years. You call the shots on that, which ultimately I think all of us, I took a baby step and I just lent to myself, but ultimately I think all of us want to be there at that point. It's true mailbox money because you have no management. It's a consistent return. And if they default and you have the right paperwork, you own it after a very short period of time. You have checks and balances to make sure that you know the property isn't raped and pillaged. So you have a property that's actually gone up in value since you've lent it, lent the money, because you have a third-party management team that actually takes care of the property so it can't be destroyed and in a much better position. And if you want to sell off the property, you can. Or relend, you know, find another buyer to put 30% down and now you get that cash and you still lend the money at the same interest rate that you had. So you've just gotten now a 30% down. Let's say it was a million, you got $300,000 and you're still having your money at work if it's a million dollar you know, asset at 700,000. You, you basically, is, you're becoming the bank, right? And that's where you want to end up all the time. The bank never loses, <laughs> the bank. Without the cost of being a bank, no employees, no building, you know, and it's, it's super passive. And if you know what you're doing, it's a, really a, a great way to grow your money. It really is, you're, that's the best way. So just to wrap this up, if you guys want to, Closing statements? I think just that, you know, lending out, again, I think we have to emphasize, you just don't go out lending money. You have to really educate yourself, understand what needs to be done, what are the steps, reverse engineer everything. Always like, you know, what's the worst case scenario? They don't make a payment. You know, they're starting to, the property's decaying because they're not taking care of it, the management, and work your way back. What am I going to be doing or what can I do in order to avoid this one and to take back the property so that you can then run it or sell it or do whatever you want with it. The bottom line is, is if you're lending at the right loan to value, so if you're lending at 70%, then you have this 30% of equity that's in there at the time of lending. Even if things start going sour, when you take back the property, there's going to be equity there for you. And then you can choose whether to hold it or sell it. Here, here. No, I would just uh, clearly emphasize there's, uh, I know people that have lent out money to friends, so-called, to purchase an asset. And sadly, things could go sideways really quickly. And if you're not protected in the paperwork, because there's insurance clauses in there that you want to be sure that you're the beneficiary, you want to make sure that it's underwritten, you know, that you have power to take over the leases and the rents to assign the rents and things like that. So, you know, and the broker and to register your interest in that property in case things do go south. So I see a lot of people lend 
without the education and you know what you could be in a worse situation if you do that so but uh, if you do it right a man it's where i want to be that's definitely what i want to be doing more of you know in the next two three years is lending out money i think that's a true off hands off passive income that you can enjoy and it's an asset the mortgage is an asset as well we never said this is a first lien position on the property and you know you basically Mm -hmm. have full control just like a bank it's worth noting i'm sorry to interrupt you gabe but and again, if you don't know what the hell you're doing, you're going to lose. And it's not that if you've even been burned by borrowing or lending money before, it's not that lending doesn't work. It's the way you did it doesn't work. And sadly, ignorance is extremely expensive. And if by not doing it right and not understanding what to do, then it can be a real bitch. And you can figure this out by yourself. Or if you want help you know, figuring this out, we're always happy to help as well. Because some have cash and don't want to necessarily figure out how to find these assets at 30% off. We definitely help those that are looking for great deals and great opportunities and how to create opportunity over and over again using asset-based lenders. And some have worked hard their whole lives and have a lot of cash and just want to lend out the money so they don't have to work. And if you have that, we can help you with that as well. So both sides of the spectrum and how to do it responsibly and really protect yourself and make sure you're not in a position where you're going to get hurt. And uh, that's what we're all about. So whether you have money or access to money, we can help you with that side of the coin as well. So hopefully this was helpful uh, and not more confusing than it needed to be. But I appreciate you, the listener, and of course, uh, Gabe and Frank as well. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. And again, like it, love it, share it. Look forward to your feedback as well. Comment, leave a five-star review if you absolutely love this. And I'm looking forward to your journey and your success because that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Application of this information is extremely vital because knowledge without application is a tragedy. You should really do this. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Have a good one. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.